Welcome to the Dacus Report, hosted by Pacific Justice Institute founder and president Brad Dacus. For 25 years, PJI has counseled, represented, and defended people whose religious freedoms, parental rights, or sanctity of life have been obstructed or violated, all free of charge. We leave no one behind and level the playing field for Americans as they are subjected to the tyranny of the powerful. Now, here's Brad Dacus. Welcome to the Dacus Report. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, on today's show, we're going to talk about changes and the restrictions that people have now in order to travel, to go where they want to go uh, without being vaccinated. Uh, we're also going to get a, a wonderful update uh, regarding uh, the Christian Afghan refugees that were being kept in a Muslim country and a, uh, a camp, a refugee camp who wanted to be set free, who wanted freedom. Uh, you're going to find that very uh, encouraging, a very wonderful story uh, in the second half of the show. Uh, but help me talk about these and other matters. We have with us uh, now uh, Attorney Whitney Webster, who heads up our office in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Welcome to the show, Whitney. Thanks for having me, Brad. Well, th thanks for joining us uh, this morning. Uh, uh, I'd like to, the, to switch shift, if we can, to an issue that many people have uh, right now, especially as they're thinking about traveling, perhaps, over the holidays or, uh, you know, maybe for, uh, the, the planning for their vacation in the summer. And that is their ability to, to travel without being vaccinated. Because for quite a while, there's been mandates for people to have to be vaccinated in, in order to, uh, to travel, and uh, especially coming from other countries into the United States. So what is the, the current status of the, of the U.S. travel ban for the unvaccinated? So that was recently just extended again through January 8th, 2023. Extended? So I mean, yes. they're, they're extending it even though the pandemic's over? At least I thought it was. So they're saying people from other countries, like from Canada, can't fly in to see their kids for, you know, grandkids for Christmas um, because they're not vaccinated. They're extending that. Yes, which is really sad because I've been receiving calls, you know, and questions from um, people from other countries. Exactly those questions. You know, they want to visit under family, their family for Christmas and wanting to know, can I, you know, come into the United States or even family emergencies sometimes, you know, and so they don't have the ability to travel if they're not vaccinated into the U.S. So, yes, it doesn't matter what country they're from. It could be next door in Canada. It could be from Europe, Africa, anywhere. Uh, it's the same across the board There's yeah. for the unvaccinated. It's illogical because I know right now it's not like it's not like Canada has just a massive outbreak of some new variant that we want to prevent from spreading, uh, which, by the way, mm -hmm we can't prevent from spreading because there's still people coming and going uh, in terms of trade and the vaccination doesn't prevent transmission. So it doesn't prevent people from spreading the virus if they come to this country. So it's, it's, it's I'm trying to understand the logic of it. Do you have any idea why they're continuing this uh, even though the, the, the science has been very clear on this uh, with regards to the fact it doesn't prevent transmission? This doesn't make any sense to me. Why, why deny a grandparent to come and see their grandkids over Christmas for something that's not even supported by statistics or, or science? That's my, my, that's my take. What say you? Yeah, I, I don't know either, Brad. It's interesting. Like we talked about last time, Canada's lifted. 
their restrictions. And from what I've read, it sounds like at least 62 other countries have lifted their travel bans for the unvaccinated at this point. So we're we're still close to the unvaccinated. So like we talked about, uh, you know, last time I was on Brad Dacus Live, I was shocked that Canada lifted its restrictions before the U.S. I was not seeing that coming. But um, once again, we're still extending our travel bans for the unvaccinated through the holidays. Yeah. And I think, you know, this also affects tourism, for that matter. I mean, so basically our government says, okay, Americans, you can go to other countries and spend U.S. dollars in other countries. But other people from other countries, they can't come here and help our tourism industry uh, because they're not vaccinated with a vaccine that doesn't prevent transmission. I'm... It's just so frustrating. It's just so frustrating. It's not, you know, you try to, it's like debating someone that's it's not even there. I mean, there's nothing uh, to, to support this from a rational perspective. And it's, um, you know, where it, it's like I say, and the fact that they extended it and didn't just let it expire. Uh, did they give any reasons for this extension? Did they say, Anything at all that you're aware of to try to attempt and justify this continued uh, unreasonable, irrational control on the ability for people to be able to travel to the United States peacefully and lawfully um, and and spend their dollars and help our, our industry and economy and jobs? I, yeah, I'm at a loss as well, Brad. I don't know why they're still, like I said, our, our neighboring, you know, Canada is already open again. So it's just, I don't understand why we're still closed. And it doesn't, you mentioned tourism, but it doesn't also just affect tourists. So anyone that's visiting, they're called non-U.S. Uh, you know, citizens or non-lawful permanent residents. So those who are traveling here temporarily, basically, are all pretty much in that camp. And so that it affects not just the tourists, but also those who are coming here temporarily for work as well if they're unvaccinated. So that also affects, you know, those who are unvaccinated wanting to come here for work. They really, they don't have any way, um, minus, you know, minus a few exceptions, which are very rare, to even come here to work. So that could throw off even, you know, companies or it's really, it really affects a lot of people. At PJI, we exist to serve everyone in need of counsel, representation and defense of their religious liberties, parental rights and the sanctity of life. We don't take cases based on how high profile they are. We are workhorses, not show horses. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Now, okay, I know what people are thinking right now, and I'm going to ask the question. So, uh, does this uh, in any way affect the illegals pouring across our border from Mexico, uh, coming here illegally? Are they, are they uh, tested and vaccinated? They, do they, they check to see if they're vaccinated in order to, to prance into the United States? Well, by its very nature, if you think about it, if they're undocumented, the U.S. doesn't know that they're here. They have no record that they're here. So there's no way to test them or get them vaccinated, if that makes sense. Um, it doesn't, doesn't make sense at all because we know that they're here because the government is welcoming, welcoming them here. They're flying them to places across the country. They're uh, providing all kinds of resources, uh, 
also especially for like you said not only to the minors but the adults as well uh so you're like, saying the ones that were in custody that were caught by the government yeah but there's a i mean there's a lot they're just flowing right through and we're just letting them go across the border so mm-hmm. yeah, this makes no sense here we have hundreds of thousands actually in the millions as i understand like two million i think of poured across the border and the border patrol is just supposed to say hands off let them go through and in fact let's provide buses and let's uh you know provide transportation and let's fly them here and fly them there i know the Biden administration has flown many of them um to different places uh, without letting the governors know that's been a major problem and these people are not checked um they're not vaccinated um it's it's tragic. It really is tragic, and many people are very angry and very frustrated about this. Now, for those who are law-abiding citizens, are being put on the back of the bus. I understand that they're. Uh, let's say that they're from Canada, they want to come here, or let's say they're from Mexico and they want to come here. They're uh, lawfully and in a respectable way. Is there any exemption? I heard there was something like a an I six hundred one waiver. Uh, how does that apply? Yeah, so specifically that does not apply for the tourists we were talking about or the temporary workers. It's not available for them. Uh, The 601 waiver is specifically for those who are applying for a green card or lawful permanent residency. Uh, I think there is one for fiancés as well. So, But generally speaking, it doesn't really apply to a lot of the most of the non-immigrant visas that are out there. So it's just for the green card. Um, The green cards are, you know, like I said, permanent residencies of those who are coming here to stay permanently. A lot of times it's family-based, so immediate relatives that are petitioning for their spouse or parents or children, um, or employment-based. So there are some employment-based green cards as well. Um, And then for those who have, like, asylum and they're here for a certain amount of time, they can also apply for a green card eventually too. So generally speaking, that is required now for a green card. The COVID-19 vaccine is included on an entire list of vaccines. So I think some people catches them off guard. Um, They're shocked when they find out that the COVID-19 vaccine is required for green cards. But uh, just so everyone knows, this is not new. The vaccine requirements is nothing new. That's been around for years and years. The only thing that's new is that the COVID-19 vaccine was added to the list. And that was October last year. Right. And and I, I can understand why they would, in, generally speaking, want to have uh, people vaccinated from other countries, because there are some diseases and things that could come and, uh, and impact uh, our society, impact children, etc. cetera. Uh, but uh, the COVID-19, I, I'm, I'm, I have a definitely different perspective on that, as, as many medical professionals do as well. Uh, does it cost money to file an, an, a, um, a I-601 waiver? Yeah, so, well, first of all, I guess I should mention there's two waivers for the vaccine. Um, the one that we specifically help at PJI is the religious waiver for the vaccine. But there's also a medical waiver um, that the immigration doctors are called civil surgeons. Uh, if there's a genuine medical reason, they could, you know, potentially waive the vaccine for them. Uh, but that's not something we assist with. That's solely through that civil surgeon, that immigration doctor. Uh, but it does cost money for the religious waiver if there's a religious objection um, and again, for the waiver, they have to be opposed to all vaccinations, not just the COVID-19 vaccine, which that also is kind of complicated for some as well, because they honestly aren't opposed to all vaccines, just the COVID one because of the aborted fetal cells and different things like that. So, but it costs $930 uh, 
per person to apply for the 601 waiver. That's the USCIS filing fees. Okay. Now, U.S. citizens, they can have a religious objection under, say, Title VII, and they don't have to, you know, be opposed to all vaccines. They could just have a religious objection to the, to the COVID-19 vaccines, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. so this is a different, different standard, different treatment, and we're dealing here with individuals who are not U.S. citizens. Uh, they're coming from another country. Uh, so the courts have differentiated in terms of constitutional rights as applicable sometimes with regards to citizens versus those who are entering the country or coming into the country. Um, so that's what we have here. We have a, 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 different, a different standard. Um, as far as the, these um, individuals who uh, have religious ob- objections, uh, you know, is this a, a difficult thing for, I mean, is it basically the same standard of them showing that they have sincerity of mm-hmm. religious beliefs? They don't have to get a letter from their priest or clergy or pastor, right? There's no legal requirement to have a letter from a pastor or priest. I do, just as best practice, include that in my you know waivers that we send. I did have one immigration officer ask for a letter as well. So, uh, but something that I make very clear to the churches, because I know a lot of churches have differing opinions sometimes about the vaccines. Um, so when I ask for the letter from the pastor for this waiver, just make it clear to them that, you know, we don't need, and again, I argue this as well, the the officer, the immigration officer, we don't need to prove that that church or that denomination is opposed to the vaccine. They just need to talk about their congregant, the member of their church, talk about, you know, are they sincere in their beliefs? Have they been, how long have they been a member at your church? Do you support them, um, you know, freely exercising their convictions, things like that. So those are the kinds of letters that we receive from, you know, churches and pastors to help with their waiver. Did you know that PJI is the only legal defense nonprofit in America that serves state citizens by fighting state legislatures across the country to ensure unconstitutional or corrupt bills don't become unconstitutional or corrupt laws? That's right. For over 12 years, PJI's Center for Public Policy has generated success by standing firm in opposition to unconstitutional or immoral state bills which makes it easier for our allies in the legislatures to kill these kinds of wrong-headed and even depraved pieces of legislation. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis, including our work through our Center for Public Policy, by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Yeah, and even if a, a pastor sees no problem with this, um, you know, Christianity, you know, compels individuals, according to Scripture, um, not to do something that they feel is wrong. If they if they do something that they and their conscience feel is wrong, it's a sin. Whether mm-hmm. it's doctrinally correct or not, God looks at our hearts, and if we're doing something that in our hearts we believe is wrong, and we do it, it's a sin. So it's, Christianity is very broad in its accommodation for people whose conscience uh, oppose something like a, a COVID-19 vaccine. Um, and I think that's important for people to understand. They don't have to have a, a sign-off doctrinally from their church. I know many Catholics have had uh, problems with the government saying, oh, no, look, the Pope, Pope thinks it's fine. 
so, and you're Catholic, so therefore you have no religious object objection. Uh, no, not so fast. <laughs> you know, even the Catholic Church, the canons respect uh, individuals' conscience and the need for them to, to do what their conscience says is right, uh, even though the Pope may say there's, there's you know, uh, a lot of leeway to, to something. Uh, that's, that's still a part of their, their faith and their convictions. So how long does it take for someone to be able to get a, um, a waiver like this? It takes several months, at least seven months is what uh, USCIS, I think it's even longer now. So it, it is a big sacrifice for those that have religious objections because it can add, you know, a, a significant amount of time where they're waiting for their green card to be approved or, you know, their immigrant visa if they're overseas and waiting to come in. And a lot of these people are spouses of U.S. citizens, for example. So um, depending on the scenario, it could be a huge sacrifice, not only financially, but in terms of waiting as well for them to, to get this. Thankfully, um, so far, the ones that we have filed have all been approved, so I'm very grateful for that. But it did take several months, like I mentioned, for that to, to be approved. Now, I know that uh, cruise ships uh, have finally come out and says, okay, we're not going to require vaccines. And you have all these people leaving from the port of Miami, and they're going to different countries, uh, or from California, they're going to Mexico, the people get off the cruise ships and they interact with all these people from this other country. Uh, then they get back on the cruise ship and they go back to the United States. <laughs> I mean, you'd think there'd be more risk of massive contamination from something like that versus someone flying in from, from another country, uh, like Canada. And, you know, I don't know. I, I'm just seeing as just such hypocrisy here. It just makes absolutely no sense. Uh, do you foresee that the vaccine requirement for people that will come into the United States is going to be uh, dismissed anytime soon? You know, it's interesting because I was hopeful that it was going to be dismissed around before, like I said, before Canada. So I'm really shocked that we still have this uh, travel ban for the unvaccinated still for those who are visiting. And I'm glad you mentioned that um, as well, Brad, because... Just for those watching, if so there's no confusion, U.S. citizens, it doesn't apply to U.S. citizens or green card holders. So if someone already has a green card or someone's a U.S. citizen, they go and visit other countries, they can come back in and they're, you know, even if they're unvaccinated. So it only applies for those who are either visiting the U.S. temporarily or those who are just applying for their, their green card. So it is interesting because, yes, like you mentioned, I mean, U.S. citizens can travel all across the country and not be vaccinated, coming back in. Green card holders, same thing, but it's just those who are temporary visitors. So I'm hopeful still that eventually it'll be dropped. I think it won't be a permanent thing for the travel ban, but it's it's hard to know how long and how many times this is going to keep being extended. As far as, once again, the immigrants coming across lawfully with a green card, um, you're not expecting that requirement to be dropped anytime soon requiring a COVID-19 vaccine, are you? So yes, the list that we talked about of requirements for the vaccine to receive a green card, that's just my personal prediction. Because that list of vaccines has been around for so long and mm. they just added that to the long list, I don't foresee them taking the COVID-19 vaccine off absent, you know, there's all this scientific research coming out saying it's too dangerous or something of that nature, I don't see them dropping that requirement for the green card. But I do expect the travel ban for the unvaccinated visitors, like tourists and things like that, to eventually be lifted like Canada's was. 
Did you know that PJI's Church Finds Its Voice initiative is a huge success and coming alongside pastors to encourage them to get all their congregants registered to vote and then to vote biblically in every election for candidates that share the Christian worldview and commit to serve their constituents with that mindset. We communicate regularly with over 3,000 pastors and we do it all free of charge. Keep current on PJI's work on all the legal challenges we face on a daily basis by signing up for our Legal Insider email newsletter at pji.org. Now, back to the Dacus Report. Okay. Now, I always like to have the last story, if possible, be a positive one, an encouraging one that people are going to want to definitely listen to. Uh, so let's talk about the Christian Afghan refugees that were in refugee camps in Muslim, a Muslim country in the Middle East, had nowhere to go, and a, a Baptist mission organization contacted Pacific Justice Institute to try to help get them out, and you quickly raised your hand and said, so go I, I will step forward. You're our immigration law attorney specialist. We have 27 attorneys uh, on the PGI staff, and Whitney happens to be have a specialty in immigration law, and so uh, what, what happened? Yeah, so uh, first I'll start, I guess, with the, the sad news, Brad. We'll end with the happy news. Um, just to kind of give an update on the situation in Afghanistan right now. So based on our um, Afghan refugees that are, have made it here, um, just hearing horrific stories about what's happening in Afghanistan right now with Christians and the Taliban, just um, the church members being hunted down and just tortured in horrific ways I won't even mention, but um, just really? being killed. So it, yes. there's a, it's, as we speak, there is as, a witch hunting down of all of the Christians throughout Afghanistan by the Taliban, um, killing them in yes. mass. Yes. Okay. They're being hunted down, um, you know, lists of church members being searched, their family members getting tortured about where their relatives are, uh, just horrific. Oh things being ha happening in Afghanistan. It just breaks your heart because, you know, even though, and I have to just celebrate the ones that we were able to help get out, but it's still tragic, the ones that are still there and, you know, suffering like that. So, you know, for those watching, just to keep our persecuted brothers and sisters in prayer who are still trapped in Afghanistan, um, it is the most dangerous country in the world now to be a Christian. So it, it's it's just horrific and tragic tragic what's what's happening there yeah even worse than uh, iran even worse than iran yeah so that, that, yes. that says a lot right there uh so so what about the positive uh give us an update on on those that yeah. that you assisted so we did yes yeah, so there was a large amount that were in a camp they were able to miraculously get evacuated out of afghanistan uh, by very you know brave individuals that went in there and helped them get out um once they were in this camp we found out that they were trapped there and they weren't you know getting out of this camp they weren't being moved to another country and we were kind of following this process along with them trying to do everything we could legally to get them out and get them to the u.s or get them to a safe country um, we had almost 100 uh, afghan clients we were assisting with at that time um, so a church had reached out to us and we're trying to help all these different uh, afghan christians and uh, also another uh, baptist mission organization like you mentioned brad stepped up and were able to sponsor um, a few of those families to come into the United States to be church planters. Uh, their, their purpose is to evangelize and share the gospel and church plant among the Afghans who are already here in the United States. 
and they um, are an unreached people group. So there are so few Christian Afghans, um, just incredibly rare. So their purpose here is to reach the Afghans. You know, thousands of mm -hmm. Afghans were flown here. Um, and so that was the other thing as well, Brad, that was just you know, tragic at, at the first, because we talked about this around the one year anniversary of the U.S. Mm -hmm. pulling out of Afghanistan, the U.S. pulled out of this um, Muslim camp as well. So thankfully, we were still on the ground helping these Afghan Christians because they weren't going to be brought here by the United States. They had pulled out again and left them abandoned. Um, so thankfully, this missions organization sponsored them. And miraculously, we have uh, five church planters and their families here in the U.S. Now they're doing well. They're getting settled in. Um, they have yeah. great, you know, missionaries on the ground helping them. They're already hit the ground running with um, evangelizing, church planting. So yeah, I already heard one. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, we're almost out of time, but bottom line, I mean, they're, they're actually planning churches reaching out to the Muslim Afghan refugees, yeah. which is the, the whole game plan, which is exciting. Whitney Webster, uh, thank you so much for the work that you're doing as an attorney for Pacific Justice Institute and serving so many. Uh, keep up the good work. Thanks, Brad. We would love the opportunity to continue to serve you. Just visit pji.org and click the Legal Insider button to sign up for our email newsletter. At PJI, we help individual employees, employers, business owners, pastors, students, citizens of every stripe through our practical resources, counsel, representation, and defense, all free of charge at pji.org. PJI is an island of stability and assurance in our ever-churning sea of legal and societal chaos. We are here for you. So folks, just remember, it's our God-given freedoms we're talking about. Now, let's choose to keep them. I'm Brad Dacus, president of the Pacific Justice Institute. Let's continue the fight for your freedoms.